Boy, can I help you? Listen up. I'm bringing you the best content to ever exist in the door-to-door industry from sales, leadership, recruiting, and personal development. Well, why would I need that? Because never before have we been able to collaborate with the top experts in their industries, sharing their secrets and techniques on what makes them the best. Wait, who, who are you? I'm your host, Sam Taggart, creator of the DDD Experts and DDDCon. Is there a place we can sit down? Well, come on in. Vanilla is the fastest way to increase your Google and Facebook reviews through text. With a 98% open rate, Vanilla Reviews is the simplest, cheapest way to interact and engage with customers. Visit us at vanillagood.com for more information. Hi, everybody. This is Sam Taggart, your host with the DDD Podcast. And I'm here with Chad Hymas, one of our speakers at DoorToDoorCon this year. And he is one of the very few, or he is actually the youngest that ever was inducted in the Hall of Fame for the Speakers Association. So he's an influencer today, but what makes him so unique is he's one of the few and only quadriplegics that travels around the world by himself. So stuck in a wheelchair, he's still married to his high school sweetheart and lives a great family life, travels all over the world and the country and does it by himself speaking hundreds of times a year and has been deemed one of the best speakers in the world. So super excited to welcome our guest, Chad Hymas. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Sam. I'm really uh, an elaborate, over-the-top um, introduction, but thank you nonetheless. And it's wonderful to be able to spend time with your people. Looking forward to it this Friday. Yeah, so let's dive into this. Tell us kind of in a nutshell, you know, obviously you're probably going to dive a little bit more when you speak, but kind of give us the the rundown. You weren't always a quadriplegic. You weren't, no. always, you know what I mean? Like Evans, was, no, you no. lived a normal no. life. And and it's funny, I was talking to Ty Bennett the other day, um, one of your friends who speaks also and whatever. And it was, it, it hit me when it's like going from a normal life to a quadriple, quadriplegic life, that's got to be harder than being born into quadriplegicism or whatever you'd call that. Um, so I'm sure that's been difficult and I want to jam on that. So yeah, kind of fill us in, tell us kind of the, the backstory. No, I think you're right. So, so my dream never was obviously to be a speaker. Uh, I think people need to know that. I, uh, I don't know too many people that grew up thinking, you know what, I want to go up on a stage and speak in front of thousands of people or 500 people or 50 people, people that, you know, that's, that's been known to be one of the most common fears amongst people is to speak in front of their peers or colleagues or what have you. Um, that said, my dream has always uh, been to, to be a rancher and a farmer. And when I had that uh, vision of owning all that ground, I could not fork out the dough as a 21-year-old kid to pay for all this ground that I wanted to create this vision in my mind. And so I got into sales. Uh, my dad was a sales insurance agent, and I uh, started off a company in the landscape development world um, and, and sold um, landscaping plans and also produced the product and grew that company from one to 52 employees um, from the 81 to 27. And during that course of time, I was building the dream. So the, the, the sales was the backbone or the final arm to my actual dream of farming because a bank didn't want to lend me money to raise elk on a ranch they, they, they thought that was a jurassic park vision they, they didn't like it uh, but i knew i could make that thing work so i got the sales real quick i uh, i learned from my dad how to sell and let's just cut right to the chase uh, without 
going too deep into this because I don't think that's the purpose of our call. I no, but it's good, to, it's good to know you can yeah. resonate with the sales crowd. I love well, it. I mean, that, that's right up my alley. Sales, I, I love sales. And that, that, that's what I do today. I mean, everybody, you know, you're, you're your own best. People buy you. They don't buy, they don't buy your product. They buy you. And so today, I, you know, I sell, I sell myself as a, as a speaker and an influencer and an author. And, 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 and so the list goes on. But that said, I broke my neck one night after uh, coming home from the sales world while building my dream at night. So you could say contractor by day, so sales by day, farmer by night. Broke my neck at night while working out and building a dream and uh, broke uh, all the bones in my neck. And um, I won't go into the details. I'll just go right to the results. I was able to live through that. And I woke up three and a half weeks later and I was pronounced by my father uh, a quadriplegic, excuse me. So I'm not sad about that. I, every time I think about that, I think about my dad and what he challenged me to do with my prognosis. I think it's admirable that my father did not allow anybody else to give me my news or my prognosis other than him. So he gave me the prognosis of no arms and no legs. And then he gave me some challenges to, the, they were, I'll, I'll call them calls to action to make me be even better than I was before. I'll go into that deeper in, uh, in Friday's event. But with that said, it's now been an 18 year journey and you and I are talking on the phone today. I'll be flying to Houston tonight. I'll be in Tokyo after our event on Friday. It's been 83 countries on all seven pieces of ground that God made in the last 18 years. And uh, my farm has grown from what I thought it was gonna be to 83 countries. And so part of our talk on Friday is going to be about thinking a little small and not doing that. And how do we stay away from that and look at the grand scheme of things? Um, I, uh, I'm going to dive deep into that uh, with our audience on Friday. And so I am not one of, but, but and, I, and I say this with a little bit of pride, but I am the only quadriplegic that's known of in the world that, um, that travels alone. <laughs> So I don't travel. I don't travel with a nurse. I don't travel with my wife. I don't travel with one of my children. I, um, I, and people always, how in the heck does that work? A guy yeah, that doesn't I, have dick, you know, so how's that work? So we're going to, we're going to talk about that. And how does a guy with no arms and no legs stay well, that busy? You know, and, 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 and I, and I say that with gratitude, not with, with arrogance. I say that with most, I'm very grateful that we're busy. So anyway, we can get that's, into that. I mean, I was, so Jason Hewlett, I was telling him that you were speaking as well. And he was like, one of the most interesting things about Chad is his ability to leverage people and let them serve. So tell us kind of your philosophy, because I don't think people fathom having no arms, no legs, and being able to travel to 83 countries. I don't think people fathom how that works. Getting on a plane, getting yeah. off a plane, so, getting security. I mean, it, like, I don't think people could even fathom that. So I got a good staff that kind of lines things out for me, but, but nothing's really planned as in in-depth as, as my meetings at the airport or somebody picking me up or how does that work? So the truth is this. Here's the principle. I'll give you the principle. The principle is we all take pride being independent. I have found the opposite true. The more I depend on other people's strengths, stronger my weaknesses become. Now you can mm -hmm. physically because I physically can't. I have the biceps. I don't have the stomach muscles. So when I depend on somebody to actually physically, I mean, when you pick me up at the airport, it's not just a general pickup. You pick me <laughs> up. I mean, it's a physical pickup. Yeah. You pick Chad up. So I'm depending. So, so one underlying principles, the founding principles of, of, 
allowing yourself to be successful as a salesman is to, that's what I read about this event is rather than coming here and seeing how well others are doing and comparing yourself to their successes, find out what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and see what you can do to serve them better and take their strengths and intertwine them into your weaknesses. And that's what I've done. I've taken other people's strengths and I've intertwined them into my weaknesses. And I have a lot of them. Speaking was one of them. And I've just taken that and I've, and I've, and I've applied that in my, in my speaking arena. I have my own style of speaking. I don't use a, uh, you know, my, my speeches aren't canned. They're not memorized. I have a, a, an entourage of about 200 stories that I pick from that I will share two or three stories to share the principles that the meeting wants me to cover. And we just hit those. And so I'm not your normal, let me put the, this way. Normal is the wrong word to use. I'm not your, your, uh, your average or your, uh, I hate using the word normal, your syndicated speaker where they have, where they, they're an expert on sales or they're an expert. I consider myself an expert in a lot of topics because I study everybody's materials. I study yeah. them, I read them. So people write books for us to read and share with other people. So I just read them and share them with other people. That's what I do. And I so, and tie it into my, my story. So I don't, you know, and, and then we have our own materials and, and, and our own company and curriculum as well. So anyway, hopefully that gives people enough, enough, no, enough no, that, 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 that's awesome. I, I kind of want to dive into, you sent me a couple of your books um, when I hired you to speak, but the, the one that was really intriguing was actually the smaller one. I mean, I didn't, I haven't read either one. I've just kind of like skimmed through the sword on your own wings. Um, it's six principles to give your vision flight. And I kind of, one of the questions that I really have is just at what point did you have this turning attitude from I'm now a quadriplegic, my life is over to I'm going to be a motivational speaker and go to 83 countries. You know what I mean? Like it, like how did you craft your own vision? And then I kind of want to dive into the principles that you've kind of laid so out in this book. I'm going I'm going to answer that question uh, in this. Uh, you're still with me, right? You're still with yeah, me. Yeah, I'm here. So I'm going to answer that question. Um, it's, it's, it's a long story. We're going to make it short. So think about this for a second. Two months before my dad, before I have my accident, my dad goes to his sales meeting. That's why I think it's so cool that you're having a sales meeting. Very similar to, to what we're doing here. Bunch of different industries. But my dad starts talking with other people. And there's a speaker that speaks at that event, which is held in Dallas for, for a bunch of different insurance agents. They all recruit against each other. They all fight for different, uh, same clients to different clients. I mean, this is the grand pabuba of insurance conventions. And my dad goes because he's in one of the elite groups of his insurance company back in that time frame, back in that day. And a speaker gets out there and speaks. And my dad was so impressed that he did something very uncanny of him. He bought his VHS tape and his book. Now, for my dad to do something like that and spend 40 bucks um, to, to, to get a tape means he wants to share that with somebody. And that was us. It was, it was when I say us, it was me and my three brothers and, and, my spouse, and our spouses. And we never made that happen. It was just, we were all too busy. Uh, I, I can't give you a good reason why. We just, we never, we never watched, we never watched that VHS tape. Two months later, my dad's oldest son would break his neck on a farm. And when you're paralyzed in a hospital and you wake up from a coma, you really don't have any say about what they put in the VCR for you to watch. I mean, you just don't have any say. And my dad puts that tape in and I watch it. And that was my drug. I'm just telling you, I, 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 not that I wanted to be a speaker. When I say drug, there was something different about him than me and some similarities. 
the similarities were we had the same circumstance now. He was just like me. Our hands looked the same. Our bodies torqued the same. Um, those were a couple physical commonalities that I noticed. But there was also some things that I noticed that were different. He was happy and I wasn't. Hmm. He, was, he was happily married. I didn't want to be married. He was successful. I wanted to commit suicide. Those were some differences, okay? And so I needed more of that drug. I needed more of Art Burke was his name. So my dad just called up his office and ordered everything that Art had for sale. I mean, mm. straight up, my dad ordered all the drugs he could get to make me better. All the different tapes, different books. And here's the, here's the key factor, and then we're going to stop. The key factor is they were not delivered to us by mail. Art brought them in person. Wow. There's, a, there's a principle we're going to talk about on Friday. Is This guy took time out of his day that was an unpaid visit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this guy did something completely out of his contract, completely out of his sales, selling a product that he normally doesn't sell, and he was selling me hope. And he gave me those materials, and then he actually showed me a couple things that he did to get himself dressed with no hands. And I'll never forget how I felt watching that. In other words, he was a sales mentor for me without, wow. even, without even charging me or wanting to charge me. He just saw potential in somebody he'd never met. And that guy would pass away unexpectedly in his sleep nine months later. And I followed him for nine months, and we became friends. And he kept coaching me, and not, not, not to be a better person, just how to get dressed, how to brush yeah. my teeth, how to, you know. Be, be a decent husband to my wife and to get these suicidal thoughts out. I mean, and he's not even a psychiatrist. Or anything. I mean, this guy does not, is not, not in a degree or doesn't have a degree to teach people about mental health. And that's probably what, you know, most would have suggested for me. All I needed was Art Burke. And he would pass away due to an, uh, an allergic reaction of medication. And when he passed away, there was a void in this world that needed to be filled. And I jumped in with both numb feet. I'm just saying I jumped in. Because I felt a, I felt a drive that I couldn't stop, and that drive was to fulfill Art's shoes, and I've been speaking ever since. That's awesome. So, kind of give us your principles about what creates a vision like that. I mean, obviously, that was a really powerful moment. That well, I don't. So I yeah, I don't. I don't think that everybody creates their own vision. I think sometimes people are given ideas. The problem is they don't act on them. They think yeah. it's too impossible, which I, you know, my, let's, let's, let's not even talk about that vision of speaking because, because that was a vision that I'd never had. Remember, I told you it came to me. It came to you, yeah. A lot of times we have things that come, we have impressions that come to us. We have thoughts, we have instincts, we have a, a thought of maybe taking the wife out for a date when it's not Valentine's or her birthday or an anniversary, or maybe it's a vision about going and sitting down with one of the kids and doing homework, even though we have no clue about the geometry and we don't act on those instincts. Um, I, I think sometimes it's, um, it's, it's allowing other people's vision to, to enhance yours. Remember, my vision was just to be a farmer. Well, now I've realized that I don't need to wear cowboy boots or be secluded to the 600 acres I live on to be a farmer. Today, I wear warm clothing, hoodies, shoes that slip on, and hoodies that I can get on real easy with my teeth and my, my tongue and a slide technique. And, and my farm is the whole world. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I never dreamed it would be that, be that way. So I, I think sometimes we need to not think outside the box. That's a way overused term. I think sometimes when it comes to visions and creating visions, we need to throw the box out the window 
and be willing to just optimize on strategy and be very, very innovative. Just because most people in wheelchairs, in my circumstance, use an electric wheelchair doesn't mean I have to. Just because most are in group homes doesn't mean I have to. Just because most people in my circumstance do not have children or get married doesn't mean I have to. I'm going to throw the box out the window and do something that is completely, some of the greatest influencers in the world, in fact, most of the greatest influencers, and you can name a few, I'll name a couple, um, Princess Diana, there's one, uh, Nelson Mandela, whether you like what he did or what he did, he influenced the world, Jesus the Christ, whether you believe him or not, he influenced the world, they threw the box out the window, um, yeah. I mean, I could go, Mother Teresa, there's another one, she had no access, I'm not even Catholic, and I, I just love that lady, I mean, think about the access to Facebook she had, Oh, wait, yeah. she didn't have access to Facebook. I'm sorry. Uh, think about her Instagram followers. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I just realized she didn't have Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, she influenced and had millions of likes. Millions. Because she went out and did what Art Berg did. She found a place to serve without being asked. And yeah. that is an underlying foundational principle that must be executed with people that are in the sales profession. You must go serve people without being asked. And don't go sell them your product. Make that be your second objective or your third. I love that. And, I, you know, speaking of this whole mission of my calling, you know, I, I actually was on a meditation retreat. Um, and it, this is when it kind of the void hit me much like when art passed away. And it was really to bring honor and integrity and up level the selling industry. And, you know, one of those pieces and principles is just service. I mean, I, I look at it and I go, what greater industry do you have the opportunities to really serve so many people, talk to so many people, lighten somebody's mood, you know, make somebody's, you know, life easier, whatever it is you're pushing. But I just think if you come from a perspective of I'm here to serve, you know, one of my favorite sales books is the go giver gives more. And, yep. you know, it's all about that. So I, I love Great. that. So let me ask you this. When, what was the friction? I mean, when you, when you throw out the box, this is what I've noticed. When you throw away the box and you say, I'm just going to get, go against the green 100%. What are some of the frictions that you've had along this 18 year journey um, that have really been a struggle for you? So the first thing is you have to be willing to fail. I mean, I can't tell you how many fails, failures I've had in my life. Uh, especially I, you have to be, you have to look for opportunities to fail and then be willing to fail. Um, look how many multimillionaires have lost their money or lost everything they've had. You can't begin to realize the power of what you can gain until you've lost almost everything. And I think I've lost almost everything a couple times in my lifetime. So it's okay to fail. It's not those that fail that get ahead in life. It's those that fail faster. So when you fail, you get back on your feet or get back in your chair. I can't tell you how many times I've fallen out of my wheelchair. In fact, I fell out again on Saturday. It was probably one of my hardest falls. Um, it was slippery out there. I had people around me, but I still fell out of my chair, hit my head. Not once, not twice, but on three different stairs while going downstairs because a person behind me uh, had a loose grip. And not their fault. I, I could have done it much safer. I just didn't. But I fell. And so there's a lesson to be learned from that. Get back up as soon as you can if you're able. And, and, and you learn from that. So number one is to be willing to fail. Number two, uh, you know what? I'm not going to share those because I'm sharing them on Friday. I want people yeah. to want more. Sorry, Ooh, they're, they're, tease they're, them. Tease one. them a little bit. Yeah, they're no, just... I must be willing to fail. And I, so I can't tell you how many times I've failed at brushing my teeth, how many times I've choked on a carrot, 
uh, I've had to, how many times, uh, this is, this one's, this one's tough. How many accidents I've had to learn what I can and cannot eat. And then to learn to train my bowels and my bladder when to react based on stimulation. Cause I'm also a quadriplegic that's not hooked up to any tubes. Wow. Is that, so there's nothing hooked to me at all, no matter what, when I fly. So I have to have my body regimented. Today's a fly day. Today I fly to Texas. I can tell you my stomach is empty. It's empty. Yeah. Doesn't That's mean the intestines are empty, but the stuff, because I do not want a problem on a plane. Yeah, when you poop your pants on a plane, that's embarrassing. <laughs> well, that never happened, but I've seen it happen. I've, I, I smelled that, it with other kids, you know, diapers being changed. And so, but that taught me something, right? Real quick that, hey, I don't want people, I don't want my seatmates smelling that. So now, but, but, but to say that I haven't had an accident like that would be a lie. And those are very humbling experiences for me. So I've learned a little bit about what my body can and cannot take. And I need to be cautious. Another thing is gaining weight for me. Very easy for people to gain weight. I need to keep my weight under 170, I believe. This is just Chad Hymas. It's not some philosophy. So that other people can lift me up into a Suburban or a truck. Yeah. Right. So wow. my wife can help me out. And so, my, wife is, my wife is tiny. But so she's got arms of steel. So she can help get me up. So anyway, those are some so underlying thoughts. Let me, let's, let's jam on failure a lot. Because in door-to-door in -door sales... It's one of the most failing jobs out there. I mean, you deal with one, probably one of the highest turnover rates. Two, you deal with no way more than you deal rejection, with yes. Yeah, yeah rejection, rejection is, is, is just like a rejection common Rejection should be everybody's motivator. So when somebody says no to you or someone says you can't do it, all you say is who's next? Who's next? Yeah. I mean, when somebody says no, they're not going to hire me. I say, you know, I'm, I'm not arrogant about it. I just say, all right, let's move on. Who's next? I don't want to waste time i don't have the time to waste on somebody what, what's the saying go you can lead a horse come on you know this you can lead a horse you can lead to a horse water, water. you, you can't you, make the horse drink yeah you can't make the horse drink so exactly. i'm gonna, so i'm not gonna talk about that as it pertains to the clientele that we sell to my biggest fear is we're gonna have a thousand plus people on friday sam and people are gonna come there and they're gonna hear some some things that will change their life and my fear is that they're going to be the horse that doesn't drink and they're going to go back and keep doing what they've been doing. What a waste of a few days in Salt Lake City, Utah. No, that's, and it, that's, that's my, my, my biggest fear. My it, biggest fear is not speaking. I don't get the butterflies because my stomach is numb. My biggest fear is that we're going to have horses out there in our audience that won't drink. And I'm asking them not to be that horse. That's huge because, you know, you said it best earlier on in this is it was you know, I, I felt the void, but it's a matter of whether you take action or not. And I think a lot of people are afraid to find a mentor, invest in themselves, do something different, go great. You know, like, I just think it's, it's sad and me included it. I'm not, I'm, I'm in that. There's a lot of times where it's like, why didn't I just act on that? Cause I felt it, you know, and, and I, I, I watch it over and over and over again. I think that that's what creates, you know, mediocrity and, um, you know, people that don't succeed, it's just simply, they don't do anything about it. It's like they have all the water right in front of them and they just look at it. Yeah. Wait for somebody to get the cut for them to do it for them or waiting for the phone to ring to, to sell. Anybody can sell when the phone rings. What about going out and actually selling? But, but that's what Art Burb did. I mean, think about this, his legacy, he's been passed away now for 18 years and his legacy still lives on, uh, through, through me. So I, I take a lot of pride in that. It, 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 
he was selling something without even knowing that it was going to need to be done. That's yeah. what happens. So, so the, I think that a good way to end this, end this podcast on without giving away too much is this, is that when we all leave this life and we all will one day, what are you going to take with you? Well, the answer is nothing that you've sold. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, all of our pockets are going to be empty for sure. But the one thing you will take with you is the legacy that you left behind. I think deeply about that. It's not the amount of money you left your kids. It's not an inheritance. It's were people better when they're around you. Did they become, did they reach their potential? Did my kids realize that I love them and that I spent time with them. I just didn't say it. Um, did I tell my wife that I was thank you often enough for all the service that she rendered me? Um, did I, did I give back in a way to give back, even if I don't have the finances to give back? Did I find a way to give back? How much money did Mother Teresa have? None. And she gave to millions. I'm just saying, uh, we're not going to be judged on our titles and we're not going to be judged on what church we went to. And I come from Salt Lake, just like you do, where most of us go to the same church. What does that mean anyway? It's not, I'm not going to be asked that question. I am going to be asked, you know, so did you, did you teach those kids uh, uh, what they need to learn in their darkest hours? Did you find someone to serve? And what did you do? I'll be asked those questions. Yeah, just love like everybody that. else. So no, I love I, that. And I think that's, I think that's I think a great that, way to tie into it. That is, that is a great way to really look at life, too. I think so much we, caught, we get caught up in this, you know, the worldly things, as they say it, and it's, what, is it really relevant in the grand scheme of things? And I love that. I love that. Dude, honestly, Chad, this has been inspiring for me. Like, I, I enjoy doing podcasts just because I get to meet awesome and amazing people like yourself. Um, and I look forward to meeting you in person on Friday. So We're going to have a good time, buddy. We're going to have a great time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Chad, and um, appreciate, appreciate you and all the inspiration you give everybody. So thanks, man. Thanks a lot for your time, Sam. See you all on Friday. See you